Hi and welcome to uh, CC Talks episode 21 and um, uh, here we are uh, again, a usual uh, call. We're missing Jack, he's away uh, for today but uh, we are joined by uh, Oliver Rogers who's uh, joined uh, Carteret Analytics as the group uh, analyst so uh, I will do a well, very warm welcome to you Oliver. And, Hello uh, all, I'm glad to be here. Good stuff, look Good forward to it and uh, well let's do the register. So we've Oliver, we've got you here, presently correct. Uh, and Miss uh, Burns. Here, sir. Uh huh. And Mr. Powell. Present and correct. Sir. Very good. Very good. Great. Well, let's uh, let's crack on, and um, we're going to go straight in, Chelsea, uh, uh, because it's busy, busy period. Summer transfer window. We're going to talk a little bit about that later on. We've got things, but also there's been some uh, shareholding acquisitions at uh, Hertha Berlin, which has caught your attention. What's been happening? Yep. So Lars Bindhorst has bought a minority stake. Um, 37.5% and he paid 125 million euros for it. Mm. Um, he actually bought it through his investment vehicle, so Tenor Holding, um, and then has kind of in the coming years an option to purchase a further 12.4%. Um, obviously, there's the, the 50 plus one rule in the Bundesliga, so yep. he is never going to be able to have a majority stake unless some of the exceptions apply. Or they change the rules. Mm. Or they change the rules, yes. Because what's interesting <clears throat> is that you know we know the guys at KKR that bought into Hertha Berlin a few mm. years ago. And obviously Hertha bought those shares back. And I think they've got about a 70% premium, haven't they? Yeah. On, on it over, the, over a year. I mean, it's a you know, yeah, fantastic great return. Yeah. By, uh, by, by Hertha. But KKR bought in initially in the hope that at some point that 50 plus 1 rule might change. Because if you think about it, and at that point... There was only one team, mm. you know, in from Berlin in Bundesliga One. So, you know, Berlin is one of those, you know, is one of the best known cities in the world. It's a capital city. How many capital cities have got one football team in it? Now it's changed slightly because Union Berlin got promoted from Bundesliga Two right at mm. the end of last season. Mm. Now they're not as big historically, or nowhere near as big as as Hertha. Um, but you know, if these rules change. And this is why I suspect you know Vindhorst has bought in as well. Yeah, he's hoping that the rules will change, and at that point, then this suddenly becomes something that's incredibly attractive because it's valuing Hertha's equity at about three hundred to over three hundred million yeah. euro. Present. Mm. I think if you think about it, you know, if Hertha remain in the in Bundesliga, that's that's low. Mm. You know, mm. Yeah, they could. Yeah. Be, you know, they could be getting. In comparison yeah. to other European yeah, clubs. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, Hertha is a really interesting business model. Mm. And um, mm. I'm surprised KKR got out. Yeah. I thought they would yeah. have stuck around. Because there there's, there's still talk of this rule change, yes. isn't there? It's still in the... Yeah, in the... I mean, it's been, it's been, been in place for... As long as I can remember. 1998 came in. Yeah, right. And okay. th- there are ways around it. Um, I mean, and there's, if you own a club for a significant period of time, you can apply to the league... Um, to get one hundred percent of the shareholding. Yeah. But I mean, it's a significant period of time. He's only just bought it, so. Yeah, it's about twenty years. Yeah. 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 So well, I mean, it, it's a really interesting transaction. Yeah, they play in the um, Olympic Stadium. It's a you know historical club. It it could uh, yeah I think it's it's watched this space because I think that um, Hertha could be you know a prize asset in the future. Yeah, and Vin- and Vindhorst is a. An interesting character because he's, he's he's got various uh, investment vehicles, um, relationship with Goldman's, and um, but there's been a little bit of you know obviously one or two people certainly from the H two O asset management which has been in the news recently, mm. quite a bit of their 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 funds have gone into some of 
Vind Horses projects. Yeah. Now I don't know whether this was one of them, but um, certainly others have, and so some of them are slightly, you know, um, nervous, and um, you know, uh, and obviously uh, have, have, have pulled the money out. H2O have had a, quite a lot of uh, withdrawals. Yeah. So, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. I mean, he can't do a lot with obviously with a minority stake. Yeah. But um, but it's as you say, he's, he's you know he's a he's a, a, a financial investor, and uh, and clearly uh, he's obviously German, so. He sees the potential like many others. Yeah, good one. Great. Okay, so on to our next um, sort of subject in M&A. So the City Football Group, obviously the owners of Manchester City, um, are moving to make a takeover for Muang Tong. Mm. Now, they're currently 12th in the Thai Premier League. Um, The current owners are Vietnamese um, from Hanoi. They've operated in the in the Premier League since two thousand and nine, and and won in two thousand and eight. So so they've been around and about. Yeah, yeah. Um, alongside City Football Group's uh, portfolio, obviously alongside City, they also have um, a Japanese team, Yokohama F Marinos, Sichuan GMU. Good effort. Well done. MLS team, New York City, Melbourne City, Girona and Uruguay's Atletico Talk. Mm. Um, so they've got quite a, quite a um, good stable, varied portfolio as well, yeah. um, across a lot of geographies. Um, and we've been saying this, haven't we? We said back when they acquired the 30-year Chinese club um, that you did a very good pronunciation of Oliver Town, I'm mm. not going to attempt yeah. it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we were saying it's interesting. City seemed to be somewhat ahead of the curve in terms of where they're looking to expand to next. And you've kind of noticed, Steve, that throughout the transfer window, there's been a lot of players that have been going across to Chinese clubs. So is this kind of, are they again ahead of the curve in terms of looking to acquire a team over in Thailand? Does it make sense? I think think there are two parts to this because um, it's it's obviously helping to attract players into the City Football Group pyramid. Mm. So that's why I think they they bought... um, yeah, Girona or Hirona is, I suppose, a Spanish for it. Mm. Um, and also the Uruguayan club, because the, obviously the Uruguayan club, they want to try and yeah, play absolutely. Yeah. South America. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we've talked about Brexit and whether that might impact the ability to bring players directly mm. from South America instead of having to sort of farm them through, mm. um, through European clubs. So I think, you know, Girona's bought for, you know, for, for trying to attract Spanish players is a place to put... City players that aren't quite ready yet for the, the Premier League give them good European yeah. competition. Um, you know, Uruguay is South American um, clubs, but I think the I think there's a different strategy, a different strand to the strategy for Thailand mm. and for China, and I think that's about supporters. Correct. Supporters. Yes, yeah, I agree. Uh, because Thailand's big. Yeah, you know, it's bigger than you think. It's about 69 people. Yeah. Um, you know, they're crazy about football. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if if you can start to build a, a massive supporter base in that part of Southeast Asia, yeah. Yeah. and the same with 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 China. Um, then you know it makes a makes a, a huge amount of sense. They've got Australasia covered. MLS is 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 going in many ways from strength to strength mm. in terms mm. of you know supporter levels yep. um, and engagement. So you know it, there's a there's a really clever strategy behind City Football Group, and I think it's on two strands. I think it's on developing players, but also then developing the the fan base, mm. which mm. then leads into yeah. greater commercial revenues and all sorts of other. Yeah. 
I, co- I completely agree with that. Um, I'd also say there's quite a lot of merit in just having a strong network globally. Yeah. So by City di- having such an expansive reach across the globe, obviously they've just got more contacts and that's going to be useful for developing players, tra- transfers and yes. other, other business deals related to sponsorship as well. Yeah, there will. There'll be, a, there'll be another Messi in Thailand, you know, mm. there'll be another Ronaldo in Thailand eventually. And, um, and it's also, you know, I was just reading an article and, that, you know, going to Thailand, and I mean, remember also with this, there's still a lot of people who aren't, don't have connectivity. So they aren't connected yet, mm. is it? But every team they follow is pretty much Premier League. Yes. So it's English Premier League yeah, yeah. You know, clubs that they watch. Uh, the scooters go around with the Premier League teams on their mm. seats, you know, the yeah. covers. So they are passionate. They're yeah, crazy on, on the Premier League. Yeah, and they so, have stick stickers on the tuk tuks. Yeah, they well. do. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, so it's 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 they've it's, all got a team. They've all got a Premier League mm-hmm. team, and that, you know, why shouldn't that be Manchester City? That's yeah, that's the view. Right. <laughs> and, and in terms of trying to develop players, you know, Tyler. I mean, you know, there's there's yeah, it is not a rich seam of talent at present mm-hmm. for the Premier League, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think you probably argue it's not going to be for mm-hmm. for a while. But if a Thai player could go and play for Melbourne City in yeah, Australia, yeah. Then that's that becomes interesting for the Thai fans. The connection between Melbourne City then, of course, mm-hmm. and Manchester City. So, it, it's it's clever. It's clever. It's a it's a it's a different model to Manchester United, um, but I think in many respects those are in terms of generating revenues over the medium term. Those are the two models to 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 really watch, and I think that people will aspire to one or or the other. Mm. And um, you know, Manchester United is all about. You know, getting as many sponsors as possible in as many markets as, as possible. This is slightly different, um, and I think this will stand City in better stead because it's not just about generating more commercial revenues. It's about developing players yeah. and talent and and, and and with it the community around it. Yes, you, know, you see what's happened in Manchester. Yeah. you know the, yeah. the community benefit, and and I guarantee yeah. the community will benefit whichever you know club they're with. Yeah, it'll have a ripple effect out. So there's a. There's a subtle way of doing it, and it's a you know, it's a very smart way of doing it because it's not just about you know getting sponsorship and commercial revenues. This is about investing in the countries and investing yes. in the localities, and and, what's and they've got a great track record for that. And they have a great yeah. good track record. But what's also interesting is it's surprising that there's there's nobody on the tail. There's nobody that I'm aware of following the model. Yeah. You know now whether that's financial reasons or whether it's, I, but it's, I think I think it is a, it probably is financial. But there are groups out there. Um, yes, there are. The Qatari yeah. group, the ESG. Yeah. I think there's a momentum mm. element as mm. well. I think City have just got on with it, and mm. and you know, and people yeah, are, they've, are, they've, are playing, you know, playing catch up. Catch up. We know that there's quite a few you know, uh, sort of uh, Premier League and Championship clubs that have interests or ownership of, of other European yeah. clubs in different different countries, different levels. So, uh, you know, again, that's to capitalise on the the, uh, the 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 sort of uh, South American or Central American players potentially. And certainly, African players coming into into Europe. So, so yeah, yeah, no, it's great. It's, it's good to it's, see. It's, it's good. It's yeah. really interesting news. I think watch this space. Could yeah, be, could be another smart um, part to uh, to the the City Football Group strategy. Yeah, um, no, it's a good one. And from from a general investment point of view as well, just making more investments because football clubs are obviously a, a high risk investment. The the more the better. Yeah. So yeah. obviously that's True. an incentive yeah. for yeah. them. Yeah, yeah agreed, and uh, and as well, that's a very good point. That comes into I know what you're going to yeah, say. Yeah, well, well, also just to finally pick up on your point, Steve. You know, they haven't got um, an African 
club yet. Okay, no. City. No. So, so you know, maybe just again watch this space, yeah. see see whether that would that's... be a natural uh, mm. to fill in the yeah. the jigsaw, so to speak. So uh, great, yeah, good one. Okay, so from a capital raising viewpoint, Syria have been offered a 1.15 billion euro um, deal with Media Pro um, to essentially create a, a dedicated Syria channel. Um, it's not actually completed yet, it's still negotiations and they're set to, to, to have a final vote next week. Um, but kind of the the basic idea behind it is that it will, it will run from 2021 for a three year period. Um, and it will obviously the rights are currently with Sky and DAZN. They their contracts end in twenty twenty one, so the rights will solely be with um, Media Pro, and yeah, it's it's an exciting one I think for Syria at the moment. Kind of as a league, it its revenues are substantially lower than obviously the Premier League. Um, if we look at at the Premier League back in the two thousand seventeen two thousand eighteen season, Premier League um earned five point four billion euros predominantly from broadcasting rights in comparison with Syria who who earn only 2.2 billion euros um so there's this quite a lot of disparity in terms of what they're earning at the moment and this deal could bring in kind of that injection of capital that can kind of bring them up to the level of the Premier League in terms of revenues um so i think it's i think it's an exciting exciting proposition there are kind of um sensitivities and concerns because Obviously, back in two thousand eighteen, when Syria put out public tender, uh, Media Pro came in with an offer, and then it turned out that they couldn't, couldn't, they didn't have the the financial guarantees to back it up, which then resulted in the rights being offered to be, being split between Sky and the Zone. So obviously, there's kind of a bit of caution there. Is it going to happen again? There is um a breakup fee. So if Syria did decide to put it back out to public tender in August. Then they would have to pay a um a breakup fee to Media Pro. So we'll see where it goes. Really, I think what's exciting about this one is, and I know we've we've spoken about the the kind of proposed changes to the Champions League numerous times in the podcast. But I think one of kind of acknowledged motivations behind putting in these changes is you know at the moment Juventus is is you know miles ahead. Of yeah, mm, to, to put yeah. it nicely. Yeah. Um. So would this kind of injection of capital, if it's utilised correctly by the other clubs within the league, could it create a bit more competition within the league itself? Hmm. Yeah, I think it deserves it, doesn't it? Because, you know, I think um, you know, everybody has been a fan of Italian football at some point in time. You know, I remember Van, you know, Rude Holly Van Basten, that AC Milan team was, was a phenomenal team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Juventus has been incredibly strong for the, you know, for the last seven, eight years in Syria, um, uh, and he's been quite good to 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 watch mm, um, yeah. at, at times, but you know financially they are some distance behind the Premier League as a league. Um, you know Juventus has got a lot of money. Yeah. Obviously, you know they they're, they're a publicly traded company, um, and uh, we've seen how their shares get impacted by results, mm. uh, which is a which is a, a, a whole other um, debate. Um, but you know they're able to buy Ronaldo. And you know, and and you know, they've done incredibly well out of that in terms of commercial revenues, in terms of success on the pitch. Um, uh, although you know, I think they would have liked to have gone a bit further in the uh, in the Champions League. So the question is whether other great clubs, you know, AC Milan, Inter Milan, 
you know, even you know, Lazio, Roma. Mm. You know, uh, there's some phenomenal clubs in, in, in Italy that I think we would all like to, to yeah. see yeah. succeed. Um, and uh, you know, is this going to make the difference? There's, there's, as Chelsea says, there's, there are big question marks at this stage. You know, you know, Media Pro have tried to do this in the past. Mm. The, the, you know, all the media rights around Syria have been messy, even in this country, because 11 sports were involved at one point and they weren't involved and they couldn't get the game, the first part of a game on TV in this country because of the rules that we have about um, not showing games before quarter past five in the after, you know, on the Saturday mm. afternoon. Um, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a league that deserves to succeed, um, not least because of its history. Um, and I think it's, you know, it, you know this could be the, 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 the trigger, as long as Media Pro got, got the money. Yeah, and I think, I think there's, there's obviously a lot more eyeballs since, since Ronaldo went to Juventus. There's a lot more eyeballs yep. now, certainly global eyeballs, focused on, the, on Serie A. And, uh, and of course, you know, every, the fact that any team playing Juve, so if it's Roma playing Juve, they're going to be watching that, so the sponsors of Roma are going to get the eyeballs. So there's yep. a, I think there's a, a sort of renewed um, interest and you know, we're going to talk a little later about transfer window. And there's obviously some more superstars expected to go to Juve over this summer. Um, you know, Agnelli's are, as you say, yeah, they're a publicly traded company, but Agnelli's got ambitions to build you know, Juve into and win that Champions League. Uh, but of course, it's the old ripple effect. Every other team in Serie A will benefit from it. Mm. And, and, and you know, to answer your original sort of question, Chelsea, is you know, the reason why Premier League teams have... have, have gone on and done so well and become you know, major players on the global scene is that you know, when you've got eight, nine billion of revenues coming in through, through domestic and international uh, TV rights, you know, that ripples into the clubs. And we yeah. know because we raise capital you know, utilising that yeah. for, for many of the Premier League clubs and, and others. And, um, and that will start to make an impact when it can be, you know, Serie A receivables going into the clubs rather than investors um, uh, or, or shareholders so uh, I think I think it's good I think we're just as you say got and, to be and, and it's not just the it's not just the core amount as well because you just touched on this point it's the ability to be able to leverage mm. what you can make yeah so whether you you know ultimately if you're you know if you're raising capital um, in any business and this applies you know obviously to a football club it's either going to be debt finance it's going to be equity investment mm. Or it's going to be driving and increasing revenues. Yeah. Um, now, you know, a club like Manchester United, for instance, you know, its commercial revenues are the highest bit of capital that it raises every year. Um, it it relies to a certain extent on debt finance. Um, or it did certainly for the acquisition. Yeah. They still they still yeah. obviously, and that's part of the um, the the debate that a lot of Manchester United fans have about the the Glazers. And of course, it's floated on the New York Stock Exchange as well. So you know, it, it, it's it's got equity investment, additional mm. equity investment to, at some point in time. So you know, it's it's, but for other clubs in the Premier League, and this will apply equally to the Italian clubs. It's being able to get the media rights in, okay. So getting those commercial revenues in, and then leveraging them in order to make even more mm -hmm. commercial revenues. Yeah. Um, and you know, we've seen that in the work that that, that we do in terms of in terms of raising capital so if you want to buy a player for you know for 30 million pounds then you might put 10 million down mm. and then then pay 10 million on the first anniversary and another 10 million on the second anniversary you know, italian clubs if they want to succeed like premier league clubs have done that's how they've got to start getting smarter yeah but you've got to have the capital initially mm. in order to play it yeah and uh, and so you know to to increase the 
the revenues like it may happen from 2021 puts them in that market and gives them the opportunity to you know to to run the business of a football club mm, mm. Um, in a way that Premier League clubs do incredibly well at present and Spanish clubs do fairly well um, but other leagues yeah. don't no absolutely and, and of course also money in there will help develop and invest in the academies yeah so the player trading model will come through you know we know we know just looking at the summer transfer window you know the the inflation of player, you know, cost, yes. the market value of players now is just increasing <coughs> and increasing. Yeah. You know, so any any of the clubs in you know any of the clubs in in the Italian Serie A, as with other European clubs, but they then have a potential to be able to market those players at a better price. You know, because they're going to be you know there's a, there's a bigger show showcase for them, um, and uh, and if they can market those players to the Premier League or to you know other top leagues, top clubs in in Europe. That brings extra revenue as well. So it's yeah, it, it's going to it's going to have a, a, a knock on effect. Um, the the major thing is is can Media Pro satisfy you know the the criteria and the guarantees um, and, uh, and and the guarantees. So mm. we shall watch watch the space. No, it's good. It's interesting. Okay, so on to our favorite part of the podcast. It is our Mourinho minute. So what's he been up to this week? He has turned down a twenty-eight million per season offer um, from Guangzhou Evergrande, which is a Chinese team. Um, apparently, he wants to continue his career at a European side and have another shot at winning the Champions League for a third time. But where is he going to go? I know. He's really running out of places now. Mm. I can't see many places for him in the Premier League. I'm not sure about. It, it, it feels a bit late as well, doesn't it? I mean, you know, we're well into the transfer window now. Pre-season started at all, all you know, major clubs, certainly in, in England. Mm, European all, clubs will be going back next, yeah. next, uh, next week. You know, if you're going to get rid of a manager, mm-hmm. you would have done it by now. Usually, you mm-hmm. would have done it by mm-hmm. now. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think Bayern Munich might be, um, might be something that he, that, that he would look at. But, you know, there doesn't seem to be any movement there. So, yeah, where's he going to go? PSG. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's lots of speculation about that, but that you know that seems to be nothing happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. renewed two yeah. contract, didn't they? Yeah, it'd be interesting though because PSG. Yeah, because they, they they have gone back, haven't they, for pre-season training? Yeah, because yeah. Neymar Neymar Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, um, but again, it does sound like you know things are not particularly stable at, at PSG, so there could be some you know some management changes there mm. as well. Mm. Uh, but he's run out of places to go, isn't he? I, would, I, I, th- I think so, but I mean, hey, he's not going to do another year on uh, punditry, um, but uh, he, he may have to. Um, mm-hmm. No, I, th- I think you're right, James. I think there'll be some, there'll be a surprise. You know, there'll be a lot of stuff going on, and there may, there may quite, you know, literally be a, a surprise in the next sort of week or two. Um, so I don't, it's definitely not going to be Newcastle. Yeah, we know that for sure. Much to Jack's dismay. No, I can't see Mike Ashley giving Mourinho the 60 million for Maguire. It was interesting on that. There's a thing uh, with Rafa. Rafa saying he's had more meetings with presidents and management and owners in this last week in China than he had all in three years with with Mike. Mm. So, uh, yeah, but it's uh, different styles. So, uh, good. Okay. And then... um, now, what have we got? We've got moving on to uh, our quote of the day. Yes. And well, Chelsea yeah, found it. it. And, you and, did find it, Chelsea. And it's you, a different one. You know, normally we go... I've booked the trend. Yeah, you have. Because well, you're allowed to. Yeah, because normally we go to the film. 
So, that's right. you know, I don't know whether that's cheating or whatever, but, you know, for the big short we went, you know, it's from the yeah. film, and for Moneyball, it's from the film. Chelsea's actually gone into the book. Yeah, well, that's, she's, she's, yeah. she's yeah, a well-read she's bookish. Yeah. Yeah. I think the quote relates very well to me. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last bit does. <laughs> Go for it. So the quote is from, um, from the big short book, which the, the movie is based on, and it is, to succeed in a spectacular fashion, you have to be spectacularly unusual. I like that. Well, that is. And you know what? That would apply equally to Moneyball as well. Hmm. Yes, it would. Hmm. Yeah. So that's a brilliant one. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, you've been keeping yeah. that, haven't you, to the end? Yeah. So, uh, Storing it away. Yeah, well, good. Well, hey, and we also have, we have a, you know, a, a slightly sad thing, because Chelsea, this is your last podcast. It is. It is your last day with Carteret Capital. She could dial in. Yeah, but maybe her, yeah, I could dial yeah, in. A new a look shot, maybe I'll do like a, a feature a feature episode once <laughs> And I know you I know you're going to pursue your, your legal career. And I am. go and conquer the world in the legal certainly in the legal world. And uh, but uh, yeah, well thanks for everything you've uh, obviously contributed, not only to the podcast of course, but to the whole company. You'll be sadly missed and uh, yeah, all the very best with the, the future. Thank you. Good stuff. Well, guys, that's... Uh, See you so next that's, week without was, Chelsea. Without, yeah. Exactly, without yeah. Chelsea. One man and, down. Uh, but we will, uh, we'll be here with Oliver and James. And, uh, and hopefully Jack, if he's around. If not, yeah. uh, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get uh, Martin. So, guys, as usual, have a great week. Lots of things happening in the uh, transfer window. Uh, everybody's all over it. And uh, we will update anybody on uh, more news next week. So, uh, have a great week and uh, see, you, see you next week. 